So we are here in Midland at St. Stephen's for the To the Heights conference, right? The yeah. To the Heights. To the Heights. We're invited by this crazy guy. What's going on? <laughs> to the Heights. To Don't even know what he was thinking inviting us here. He's crazy. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Welcome back to Rome Boys. On this episode, we are at To The Heights Conference in Midland, Texas, St. Stephen's. Let me hear it. Okay, we don't always start like that. But we don't always start like that. Yeah, so we are here at To The Heights. We've been invited to come out and spend the day with you all, and this has been just a blast. We have had such a great time. Uh, again, I feel like I was preaching to the choir all day. In a good way. I mean... You guys rock. I mean, y'all are so, uh, it's, it's just re very refreshing to see so many young people uh, just in love with their faith, in love with Jesus, and just excited to be here. So thank y'all for being here. Thank you for making us feel welcome. And I can't say anything else because I'm losing my voice. <laughs> to the heights, let's go. To the heights, let's bring it on. So we brought up four young adults who have agreed Amazing to be our Amazing people. Yes, who have agreed to be our victims. I mean, the guests on the show. So we're going to ask Sean's them a out. series of questions. Yeah, Sean's leaving. <laughs> sure, a series of questions to kind of get to know them. So just relax, chill. This is going to be fun. Uh, even if anything that's too bad, I'll cut it out. So, <laughs> which, as we said a while ago, I never cut anything out. <laughs> So let's start off by introducing yourselves. Uh, I guess we'll start over here to my right. And just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, how old are you? Where are you from? Blood type, uh, social security number, uh, your bank routing number, all that kind of stuff. I can cover most of those. Let's start with the social. Okay. Yeah. Everybody should have that memorized. You got by a now. pen? Or? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. We won't go that personal. How about social if you're media. single or if you're engaged? <laughs> we'll get that personal. You know. Or, yeah. uh, my name is Sean Geis. I'm 29 years old. I hail from Houston, Texas. Oh, hail. I went to college at the great University of Texas A&M. Um, I've lived oh, out here. I've, I've rehomed to West Texas for seven years now. I have a beautiful wife of three years, Sarah, who's in the crowd. We have a one and a half year old and a daughter due in September. Oh, oh man, congratulations. Yes. Oh man, that's Thank awesome. Yeah. So one more, one more question. What is your involvement in, what parish do you go to right now? This is my home parish, St. Stephen's. St. Stephen's, so what's your, so how are you involved here at St. Stephen's? 
the majority of our involvement, as, to the extent we're able, with a one and a half year old, is uh, the, the youth group. We, uh, we help with the high school youth group on Tuesday nights. Uh, we have a great youth minister, and, uh, and we're able to bring our, our toddler with us, and all the, the kids uh, love to hang out with oh, them. Yeah. The Some of them are here today, kids. actually, not the, the graduating high school seniors. So. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Don't mess it up, Sean. They're watching. I'd love to get more involved when, I, when the kids are a little bit older, but for now, that's about the extent of it. And then very involved in the domestic church at home. Uh, of course, of course. Yeah, don't worry. Those other roles will come. I promise. Would you like the mic now? Um, hello. Um, my name is Glenda Rodriguez. My new last name. Um, oh. Oh. <laughs> um, I just got married less than a month ago, so. Um, I am from Juarez, Mexico. Really? Um, then a lot so, of people from Juarez here today. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's Midland. Um, and I've been living here in Midland for six years, almost seven now. Um, and I lived in El Paso beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, and my involvement in the church is I go to the Rosary group with these wonderful people, many of them in the crowd. Um, but I also try to go to Mass every single day. Um, wow. My husband, he reads. He's a lecturer every single day. So that's kind of where our dating face um, happened to. Date night is at church. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Joe's so. impressed because he can read. Exactly. Uh, it's, I just started. In public. Yeah. I just started. It's, it's a new, I'm trying to make it a habit. But anyway. Okay. Um, and that's, that's just a She's little bit about me. not impressed. <laughs> Can you explain to us a little bit, for some of our viewers, what is a rosary group? Um, so... Yeah. Okay, that explains it. So it's a lot of mainly young families that meet up um, specifically on Monday nights, and we pray the rosary, we eat, um, it's potluck. So we kind of just do a little bit of community, and it's very much needed, especially in these times. So my faith has actually grown a lot because of these wonderful people. Um, so that's what the rosary group is. And I encourage more people to do rosary groups in their areas. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. You had me at eat. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Fidel. My name is Fidel Rubalcaba. Uh, can y'all try to pronounce my last name? Because no. no one can. Yes. No. All right. Wait. Uh, <laughs> no. Rubalcaba. No, not even going to try. Rubalcaba. Oh, see, you did good. Um, I'm 27 years old. I'm, um, I'm originally from Mexico. I grew up in a little town right next to Guadalajara, Jalisco. It's called Zapotlanejo. <laughs> yeah, my brother. Come seven on, you're not actually. from there. Come on. No. You are? He's from my set. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, We're, my bad. We are, I'm sorry. So, okay, so I'm, uh, I'm the newest seminarian. Excuse me while I take my foot out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm the newest seminarian for the Diocese of San Angelo. <laughs> and, um, and uh, yes, my brother Mauricio, he's also, like, his family's also from Zapotlanejo. So okay. it's, it's so fun that we get, it's awesome that we get to be in the same diocese as seminarians at the same time. I just think it's really cool. Yeah. I come to St. Stephen's, St. Stephen's in my, my home parish. Uh, even though I grew up in Mexico, um, I, I feel like St. Stephen's in my home. And um, yeah. Awesome. 
So I think as a seminarian, we kind of know what your involvement is in the church. Kind of. Yes. <laughs> I, I also go to Roshri group, uh, Roshri yeah. night. So it's, uh, it's, our group is called Tipi Loshi. Um, it's, it's actually, that name comes from uh, Pierre Giorgio Frassati. Um, his, like their, his group of friends that used to go and, and uh, was it, they did mountain rock climbing and all the, yes. Shaving characters? Yes. Uh, shady, shady, shady characters? Shady characters. That's, oh, okay, shady that's characters. That's what people I thought you said shaving characters. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, um, that group has been um, a big influence in my decision in my life, just my spiritual life and all of it. Uh, it's been awesome. Excellent. Sweet. Thanks. It's Claire's turn. <laughs> Claire. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, my name is... Claire, I am 25 years old. Uh, I grew up in Midland my entire life, born and raised. You don't need to applaud. <laughs> it's not a lot to look at out here. Um, uh, I'm just recently engaged, beginning of the summer. So. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Where's the dead man walking? Yeah, dead man walking. Where's your fiance? He's in Dallas. He's helping his grandma this weekend. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. Take your foot out of your mouth. <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure it was somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Therefore, my sister here is feisty. And, <laughs> yeah, my involvement in the church is, um, you know, I go to the um, young adult ministry on Thursday nights. I help out with the youth ministry on Sunday nights. And then on Monday nights, I also go to rosary group. <laughs> so, yeah, we're all rosary group people up here. Rosary group group, groupies. All right. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I have to ask you, uh, was this something that you all started, the rosary group, or was this already implemented earlier on? So the rosary group actually started um, with the volunteers from the first to the Heights conference. Okay. They would always, you know, get together to plan the conference, and they enjoyed their um, community so much that they were just like, let's keep this going. And they're like, you know, okay, well, what are we going to do? Because we're not going to be planning a conference anymore. And they're just like, rosary group, let's, let's pray the rosary. And so, you know, we invite whoever we can and bring enough to feed yourself and maybe a few other people, and, you know, we'll eat, and then pray the rosary, and uh, like Linda said, it's a bunch of really young families, and so it's really super sweet to hear all the little kids be like, Hail Mary, you know, it's, it's so cute, so sweet, like I want to cry. Um, yeah, it's... So has it spread to more different, uh, like different groups, or is it still just one single it's, group? It's still one single group. We rotate from different houses, so it'll okay. be at like one house one week and different house the other week, and... I'm just trying to get ideas because this sounds like a wonderful idea. It's a great idea, I mean, yes. Well, it's just amazing how it's been growing. You know, it's it's uh, it, it was we started with a few families and and a, a few of us that just uh, I came to the first conference, and um, and and then it just it's been building up. We got a lot of people now. Sometimes the kids outnumber the adults, so that's just beautiful. Um, Rosary gets loud though. It's very loud. <laughs> but it's 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 just beautiful. I love it. We want you to give a brief account of how you grew in the faith, from it being your parents' faith, if you were raised in the faith, uh, and uh, if not, then put your perspective on it, on how uh, the Catholic faith became your faith uh, as an adult, and how you made that choice, and how you make that choice every day. Good? Sean, let's start with you. Sure. Um, I, you know, I, I really enjoy listening to y'all's stories. I 
cried a lot of sympathy tears today. Personally, I've been extremely blessed in my life. I, I grew up with very loving parents. Thanks, mom and dad. I know you're, you're not watching right now, but you will be. Hey, our show's good, man. Um, Don't worry, it's just our moms watching, so, you know, we're good. <laughs> to all the moms out there. Um, I, I, uh, I really, it was, uh, I went to a, a wonderful Catholic high school in, in the west side of Houston that uh, really just owned up to the Catholic nature of, of the school and the theology department and uh, the faith. I mean, I, it made sense to me logically. I learned, you know, all of the, the proofs of God, you know, Aquinas, everything. But then also emotionally through the, the campus ministry and everything and just being surrounded by other people that wanted to be there. Uh, it was a beautiful experience and that's really where the faith became my own. And I've never really questioned it or, or had any uh, doubts since then, but um, I, you know, I, I still fail to, to live up, you know, to being a parent and being a father and uh, every day, you know, it's, it's, it's a struggle, but um, my, my faith really became real for me in high school uh, and that's been a big blessing. And to whom much is given, much is expected. And so I always can give more and, and ought to do more to live up to that. Um, I am also a cradle Catholic. Uh, my parents, they, they were all raised Catholic. Um, they have always been very involved in the church. So me growing up, like they would go to the, it was in Mexico, so they have like communities over there where they meet up and they worship, but they also do mass. It's a little bit of everything. So I grew up with that. Um, and whenever we came over here to the United States, it was very hard to grow up in um, groups where I was being catechized correctly. So because of that, I kind of fell out of the faith. Um, I still knew a lot, but I didn't know as much as I could have. Um, and then as I grew up through public school, <laughs> um, uh, that also didn't help much. And I would go to Sunday Mass every single week, but that didn't... I would do it going through the motions. I didn't know, I would say the words, but I didn't really know what they meant. Um, and whenever I was in high school, I got in a relationship and I kind of felt like I was like um, flirting to convert at some point. So it also kind of like pulled me away from the faith to what it truly was. Um, and whenever I heard God telling me to break that off, I, me ignoring that for many years, finally broke that relationship that was the thing that made me finally realize that what I had been doing was wrong and that I had to listen to God and to go back to the faith. And because of that, I took it to my own um, research and actually like going to mass more, um, knowing that that was what I was supposed to do from the beginning. Um, and that's whenever I started to know God more, knowing it for my own sake, not just because my parents would take me to church. Um, and then Again, knowing people that actually know their faith has helped me so much. Um, and also, ever since I met my now husband, um, he's a convert, so he knows a lot. And that also helped me know much more about the faith. So that's yeah. a little bit. <laughs> how, many, how many converts do we have in the house? I'm um, not one, but okay, handful. That's great. I'm a... I'm a firm believer in that RCI needs to be taught by converts, so keep that in mind, okay? Joe's just trying to be lazy. Yeah, me too. You don't want to hear it from me. My wife's a convert. You think when we teach RCIA, 
uh, we in our cluster parish, we do it as a team. So Chris and Deacon Allen uh, are our heads of the department, I guess you'd say. And uh, <laughs> teachers come in. We have a new teacher that comes in every week. Like Tony might teach a class one week. It's pretty awesome. That the diversity, yeah. Right. Yeah. Me and my wife might teach it. And, my, and so we have many. How many people do we have work? 31. 31 teachers come in. So there's somebody new every week teaching on a different subject. Most of them, I'd say most of them are converse, don't you think? A lot. A lot of them are. And Deacon tells us every year when they're, because we always try to sneak out and not do it every year. But. He always, he always wants to make sure that my wife is there because she's had the questions and she's been in the, their shoes, the ones that are in RCIA. So he wants her there for their, her perspective. They don't want to hear from me. They want to hear from her. She's like, I hear you all the time. I do want to say thanks for being vulnerable. Yeah. Yes. Uh, thanks for sharing the reality of, of your story because that's what people need to hear. Sometimes it's tough, right? Uh, especially when your significant other is like, you know, 35 feet away from you. <laughs> so. I just want to know how we can sign up for y'all's RCIA class. Uh, <laughs> Is that licit? It's I'll give you sweet. Materials like people later. from other parishes are coming. I mean, they're having to. I mean, you're accepting them all. I mean, everybody comes on in from other places. So I guess I mean, I'm gonna start that's, recording. That's the secret, though. Having a variety of different types of people with different gifts and talents, kind of like Rome boys, right? Yeah, and then coming in every week. Who's next? What's the next topic? And you're excited to come to RCIA versus oh. The Trinity, you know, so it really is um, yeah, spontaneous. Because yeah, the Trinity is so boring. Dale? Yeah. <laughs> My turn, okay. So um, I, I grew up Catholic, and, um, you know, I, I think I've missed Mass probably once. Or, it was once. Mm. It was once. And, uh, um, but still, like, I went through a period in my life in which I was like, uh, yes, I went to Mass every Sunday, but I... I was not following my faith. I was not close to God. Um, I don't want to say, I, I didn't know him. And um, um, it was a, a series of events that happened. Um, it was, I had an accident, um, which is what started the whole thing. I had a re really bad accident. I got burned uh, out in the oil field, my hands and my face. And, um, and then two, uh, the year later, while I was still in recovery, my dad had a, worst accident he lost his leg and it was just it was it was, ter it was terrible um, it's a miracle that we have him with us um, so after after his accident it, it was when I was actually um, I was suffering a lot I guess and I, I wanted something more so um, I just I, I, I started to um, get closer to church and um, to look for more stuff which is around the time where they did the first conference to the Heights, and I came to that. And and after that, it's just um, it was just my friendships, you know. Um, most of the people who are here, uh, most of my closest friends are here, and um, they're the ones that helped me a lot uh, by their example. And uh, I just remember I, I when I was getting close to that group, I just wanted to I wanted to be like them. Like I remember seeing them pray or seeing them talk about God, and uh, and I wanted to have that relationship with God. You know, that's that same that same fire, that same love that they had for our Lord. I wanted to have that, and uh, and I still do. You know, sometimes I I feel like I don't, but I want to have it. Yeah. Thanks for this sharing. Is the first that's time awesome. your your friends have heard this. 
No, well, they know. <laughs> okay. They know. I, I try to be very vulnerable and I try to open up to them. So they, they know. Y'all do. Y'all know. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Claire? Um, so I grew up as a homeschool Catholic. Grades K through 12. And so, you know, my entire upbringing was very, like all my schooling was very, very faith-based. My parents did a really good job of implementing the faith in my life and my sister's lives. Um, you know, we did daily rosary, we did mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation, we would do weekly adoration. Um, with our little homeschool group, we would do uh, All Saints Day pageants on November 1st, where we would dress up as saints, and then we'd do the, the Mary May poll on May 1st and do a crowning procession for her. Um, and, you know, just had all of this great stuff growing up. And I didn't appreciate any of it. I was such a difficult child. <laughs> um, you know, I'm very surprised that my parents let me live this long. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a miracle. Like, that's a miracle in and itself. Um, I remember one time, you know, I would, I would always, I, I hated going to Mass. I'd be like, oh, we're going again? Like, we just went. Um, but one time, this happened at St. Stephen's. So right at the baptismal font, and um, you know, I'm walking away from it, and my dad's like, Claire, get over here, get some holy water, and cross yourself. And I went, no, I'm not going to do that. And I try to like run away, and he grabs my arm and pulls me toward it. And whenever my parents tell this story, they like to joke that I was possessed um, <laughs> because I refused to put my hand in. And so he took some of the water and flicked it on me, and I just started screeching like a banshee. And I'm pretty sure like a few church ladies were just like, oh, I know. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah. But I got better, you know, I, um, yeah, I got better. I'm, yeah, not possessed anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine, I'm, I swear. Um, but yeah, and like, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still on a journey on, um, you know, really living out my faith. And that really, I really started that journey on, um, I guess, around when COVID hit and, you know, everything shut down, even like the churches. And so like we were cut off from everything. And, you know, I started feeling depressed and realizing that, like, you know, why am I getting depressed? Like, what's different? And it's like, well, I'm not receiving the sacraments. Like, I'm not getting all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, I need to look more into that. So, you know, I did a lot of, you know, research with that. And um, the Rosary group that we've been talking about, uh, we all decided to do uh, Exodus 90 together. And that was really difficult, but it was very... Um, eye-opening to me, and it made me really want to get more into my faith, and uh, I uh, would, you know, follow a bunch of uh, meme accounts, like Catholic meme accounts, you know, try and, like, get more into that, and then I realized, like, there's really not a lot of meme accounts. Like, I love memes. I love making jokes, um, and so I decided to make my own page, okay. Uh, okay. and that was... That was a lot of fun. First, it was just like friends and family, and then other people would follow, and then I'd get a lot of comments. Be careful, we're going to be sharing some memes. Yeah, are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, getting a lot of comments from like non believers and stuff, and so that made me really have to dive deep into my faith. Like, this isn't something I'm just learning. Like, I'm also trying to show other people the faith, and that really, um, you know, made me I feel like stronger because, you know, I'm having to defend it. And so, yeah, so, and, you know, I'm, I'm still on a journey, still, still working towards stuff, so. 
That's awesome. I, one of the common themes I hear in all of your stories was the community you surrounded yourself with. Mm-hmm. You know, you can surround yourself with one of two kinds, right? The ones that either drag you away from church or the ones that drag you to church. And it sounds like <clears throat> when you guys were coming into your own faith, it was those communities that were helping pull you in. And so I think that's a testament to who you hang out with. Mm-hmm. You know, who, who we say on the show a lot that we tend to be, we tend to act like the five people we hang around with most. That's why we're so childish, because we hang around with our kids all the time. (laughs) But again, so you surrounded yourself with a great community that helps bring you in, and I think that's just a beautiful thing. Thank you for sharing. Was there a time that you guys encountered Christ personally? It became real? Was it an event, or was it kind of over time, or or a God, an aha moment that you encountered Christ for the first time? Who wants to take it first? You don't have to be first, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess the simple a- answer is in adoration, because you know, he's right there. <laughs> she stole it, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was actually, for me, it was, it was multiple. Um, when I started going to adoration, and then, you know, I, it just kind of changed my whole perspective on, on the Eucharist. And um, I guess I always understand, understood what it was, but I never actually believed it um and then when i started going to adoration and, and just being silent with with our lord and uh, being being vulnerable with him that's when that's the aha moment i guess and uh yeah just conversations with friends also it's just a, a little mix of those two i guess yes whenever we go to the holy sacrament of the altar um but i think especially these past years. Um, so my, my life has, ha- has changed so much these past two to three years, um, just becoming more on fire for the faith. Um, but I think that looking back on what had to happen for me to go through the things that I had to go through to be on fire like this. Um, so seeing, for example, like two years ago, um, I think that's whenever I hit like rock bottom. Like me looking back, not knowing what the answer was whenever I was hitting rock bottom, but asking God for the answer, not knowing what it was going to be, and then now two years forward, knowing what that answer was, having it answered even much better than I thought it was going to be answered, and now being able to say thank you even though I didn't know back then, and I also don't know now, but I know that I will know the answer in the future because you will guide me somehow. So kind of what you were talking about whenever you gave your talk. No getting knocked off my horse here, just a really bumpy horse ride. <laughs> just roller coaster. But, but yeah, it's been a steady build, kind of like what you referenced. No St. Paul moments. Uh, yeah, and the last one's pretty, I mean. <clears throat> we want you to be real. Yeah. yeah. So you know our motto, uh, be bold, be real, be Catholic. So here it comes, okay? So the question is, what problems have you seen in the church, and what could the church do more? Yeah, what a solution, because we've yeah. got to have a positive, like, okay, so this is the problem, but how can we, what do you think the answer is? How can we fix As it? As it relates to you, we're not talking yeah, about, specifically like, what's going young on. adults. You yeah. know, what, what problems do y'all see, that are y'all encountering in church today, whether it be, I don't know, just liturgical, whether it be... Reverence, Reverence in the liturgy. What have you all seen in your own experience? Mass attendance. Okay, I think I'm up first. Um, I think you just took it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anybody want to deal with this one first? This is 
not looking forward to it. I'm kidding. Um, I think not problems specifically with the church as an institution. I, I don't like to blame things on the church as much as the people that make it up, right? And, and not even with people in general, but just certain attitudes and things. And I think in previous generations, a lot of people were culturally Catholic and went through the motions. Our generation isn't really big on doing stuff through the, for just for the motions, I think. And so the encouraging sign is that the people that are here are people that want to be here. And so among the, the younger generations, it seems like there's been a, a revival. Um, I'm sure you guys are wit witnesses to that. And, um, yeah, I, I just think a lot of the, the cultural Catholics, uh, per se, have, uh, you know, attitudes that, that don't generate interest in the faith. And, and that's going away with time, as the people that are here are the ones that, that want to be here. So. That's my best answer. I know what you're saying because there was that generation that, you know, we did it because mom and daddy did it. You know, we just following through the motions. We just did it because that's what they did. And we're still seeing a lot of those guys. But as you're saying, they're kind of, it's slowly but surely coming around. So, no, thank you. That was great. Pope Benedict talks about the Benedict model. You know, a smaller church, but a more solid, refined, pure, holy church. You. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a better example right now. And then, but that's how the apostles started, right? Small, but then now we go forth and we get the numbers up with quality disciples. Yeah. Um, I think, at least in my experience, it's been that having a lot of Protestant friends, because I worked with a lot of Protestant friends, sadly, what we all know that they have a little bit more, much more of that we do is community and um, like actually gathering and talking, and yes, we have young adults, and that's great, and we have rosary group, but not everybody has rosary group. Um, and I see pe young adults that are falling out of the faith, and they're joining Protestant churches, and they're going over there, and I'm like, why are you leaving the faith? They're like, because I can talk to them. Feel good churches. Mm -hmm, right, which should not be the theology that they're following, but I think that we could have more of that. And um, it shouldn't be just based on if the priests want to do it. It should be based on us just having that basis. Because if you do not have a relationship, you do not have accountability. And if you do not have accountability, anybody can just do whatever they want. Wow, that was a good answer. That was a really good answer. Thank you for that. Yeah. Golf what I get from that is young adults can create that. You can create your own rosary groups everywhere across the world. I mean, in every parish. So it's up to us. We don't have to re rely on the priest, although it's nice to have his support, of course, and his blessing, and hopefully he comes. But, yeah. Well, everybody I've talked to today uh, has all, everybody said pretty much the same thing, is they want to do something. They want to be involved in something. They want to start something, whether, you know, whether it be a podcast, whether it be a, a young adult class or a group, you know, that seems to be a common theme or a desire is I want to do something. Do it. I mean, what's stopping you? Uh, we started in our home parish, or in my home parish, we started an adoration chapel. We didn't have one there before, and there was this one room that we just weren't using. Let's start it. Why not? It took Possibly me. Possibly might be the smallest parish in the diocese. Like, it just know, probably it, is. It, I know it's, they, the, it's the one that's dying. If I mean, you can have an adoration chapel there, you can have it anywhere. Right. And, you know, it, it took me a day to find, we started at 8 o'clock in the morning, and we go to the Mass at 6. 
We, shut it. we started at 8, ended at 6. It took me a day to find them. One day to text around, make a few phone calls, and I had the every spot filled. Doesn't, if, you, if he wants it, he's going to make it happen. And if, he's, if you feel that edge, you feel that little thing, that little desire, it's him. He's calling. Just answer the phone, okay? Sorry. Go ahead, Fidel. Uh, can I add to that? Like, and Absolutely. Also, like, you know, we, like I said, we, we keep growing on our group, our, our Tipiloshi group. And, and, um, but I also want to invite, like, everyone who's here who has not heard of it, like, you, you could ask me, you could ask uh, any of the uh, team, and, uh, and we'd be more than happy to have you uh, on our Monday night groceries. We, we want to keep growing, you know? Even if we don't fit at the, at, at the houses anymore and we have to find a bigger place, we'll do it. But we want I, I more people. I see this thing growing into multiple groups. Yeah. I see this thing actually growing past this parish. Yeah. I see it growing into other areas. Y'all you know, might have started something pretty big here. Yeah, we did see a picture of, of another group it doing was, the Paul, same thing. It was Paul J. Kim, actually. Yeah, yeah he Paul had J. a group Kim going something. on. And uh, I thought it was, it was wonderful, but yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. I could, so I might think, um, like that you guys said, the personal, you know, our, on our own hearts, what is it that, we're, that, we're, um, that we think we lack? Um, I, it's just been so vivid to me lately um, that the lack of, of reverence and uh, tradition in, in, in our church, um, uh, the lack of knowledge too. Uh, a lot of people don't actually know what's happening uh, during the sacrifice of the mass. And like, uh, it's just, if, if people really knew what's going on, um, it would just change the whole world, you know. It's it's a, uh, it's all the angels, all the saints coming down. In that moment for us, you know, like that, it's just something that's been in my heart, and and I can't. It's just a lack of reverence, you know. Like there's many things at mass that sometimes uh, hurt. They really hurt, <laughs> and uh, and and it's just you know. Sometimes I try to do some some prayers of reparation, but um, but yeah, I guess my heart wants uh, tradition and my heart wants reverence because there's nothing else that he deserves. So your second part. So what's the solution, Fidel? <laughs> what's the solution? I, I guess uh, just I don't know. Make the traditional Latin mass more available. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, just, again, more reverence, just maybe explain to the people more. Um, I don't know, maybe that's the reason why I'm becoming a seminary, you know, I, I, want, to, I want to share that with people, you know, I want, to, I want them to know. Um, so that's just, that's been in my heart. Thanks, Fidel. Uh, I love the, the response. I'm hearing this from young people all over the country. Uh, that, that you guys are thriving for the tradition. Uh, you know, there was a time where uh, that tradition and the generation, uh, the world was in a different place, you know. And so uh, Scott Hahn has a great interview with uh, Matt Fred, and I think everybody should watch it because uh, Scott Hahn talks about the Novus Ordo Mass and what was happening and what was going on and the development of it and how it should be. Uh, and so uh, today, you know, appreciate Ad Orientum. 
uh, when we asked uh, Bishop Athanasius Schneider from Kazakhstan. Uh, we had a hard time getting through because of connections from around the world. Uh, he's, we have the episode, you guys can watch it. Uh, we asked him the question, I mean, this guy, is, he's, he's noble, he's bold. Uh, he said, how do we bring reverence uh, back to the Eucharist? Uh, and he said, uh, to receive kneeling on the tongue and ad orientum. And ad orientum. Mm -hmm. That was his answer. It's, it's not difficult, right? Yeah. It's not difficult. Thanks for being real. It's a tough subject. It is. We get it. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, on Vatican Radio, episode 56, plug, uh, <clears throat> we, we got to be on Vatican Radio. Uh, it was taken down for three weeks because we said that bishop's name. Now, I'm not trying to be controversial. That's the facts of what happened. That name was clipped out uh, and it was posted back. So what I'm saying is there's a possibility that the bishop, I mean, the Pope knows who Rome boys are. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and now you just got us in trouble. <laughs> Claire. Um, you know, I definitely agree with Fidel. We are lacking, you know, tradition and reverence, and that is what young adults want. And um, part of what I think would help that is good, strong leaders. And one of the problems I am seeing is a lack of good, strong leaders with bishops and priests and cardinals and all that stuff. I'm not saying there's not any. Like there's, I've met a few and they're really great and on fire, but the majority of them, you know, not, not so much. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to really live your faith and defend your faith to Protestants or atheists, especially online, when you say, oh, this is what we do, and they're like, oh, well, this person, I'm not going to name names, but they tweeted this, and it's just like, oh, Twitter. <laughs> um, you know, so it's, it's, it's difficult, um, and, you know, I definitely pray for all the uh, leaders that we have, um, because, you know, we need it, and... Um, I think it was St. John Christodom, I probably messed up that last part, um, it was in the third century, so, you know, this isn't a new problem, I guess, but his, his quote was, it's maybe a little dark, uh, but the road to hell is paved with the skulls of erring priests with bishops as their signpost. So, yeah. It, it's just something that I'm seeing, and um, I guess something that we could do to help it is, you know, strong seminarians. Like I'm seeing Fidel and the seminarians that we have here, and they're very on fire. And I am definitely praying for you guys because, you know, children are the future, but no, seminarians—they—they are our future. They are our leaders of tomorrow. Um, and yeah. Let's hear from them, seminarians. Woo! <laughs> Now we're going to get the survey results in. So survey says. So before we started this episode, we had a survey done, and we're going to bring Father Linnaeus in. He's going to give us the results. So I'm guessing, I'm hoping you're going to read the questions first, and then give us the answers. Okay, cool. Okay, so I'm just up here to give some of the survey results. Very interesting. Y'all didn't hold back. That was good. All right. So, oh sure. Okay. Thank you very much. We can. <laughs> Brownie points to Chris. Okay. So, um, the first question is, what is your age? Very controversial. Okay. But the, um, I mean, that, that's more for, you know, as a tool, but the winners have, uh, were 21 to 24. Let's hear it. 
All right. Now I feel old. Close second was 25 to 29. Okay, so the first real question. I am still in you... that age group. <laughs> I am nowhere near either one of those age groups. The first real question of the survey, do you feel that the Catholic Church in our area serves your spiritual needs adequately? 27% said yes, absolutely, above and beyond. 41% in the majority said yes, sufficiently. 26% said more or less, for I wish there were more. And 3%, or excuse me, 4% said sort of, not really. And no one said no. So the majority of that, it sounds like um, the majority is yes, sufficiently, and then yes. So more or less. Good job. That's, that's Good a testament job. to what you're doing here. Hey, well, praise God. Praise God. Okay, so what are some of the, the next question was, what do you think are some of the greatest obstacles to living an authentic faith life for Catholic young adults? And this was short answer. Y'all could put in whatever you wanted. Obviously, I'm not going to read all of them up here, but I boiled them down to four, and it was pretty, two of them were overwhelming. Number one, the greatest obstacle that you guys think to living an authentic Catholic life as a young adult is difficulty in finding or creating community kind of like we were talking here. That's a whole theme through the entire survey, is community, community, community. Number two obstacle that showed up was anything dealing with distractions from the world, distractions from technology, the difficulty of secular society and the pull that that has away from faith and religion. Those were the number two, or the two uh, top ones that came up with what are the greatest obstacles. And those are both community. If you think about it, the social media is its own type of community. It's the negative side right. pulling them away. So right. Yeah, golly. Um, close seconds to there was um, any type of uh, a fear of judgment or feeling too sinful and not going to church because of that. And then a, a, a distant fourth kind of in what I saw was parish support, not feeling a lot of support from the parish. So that's kind of where that, that answer came down on. And let me know if anybody has comments. Okay. The next question was, in your opinion, what are the top three things the church needs to do better in accommodating young adults? And we gave a checkbox answers, which were a stronger online presence, offering childcare accommodating for young families, more traditional liturgies, more contemporary liturgies, better preaching by the clergy, more community events at the parish for everyone, more opportunities for adult faith formation, and more opportunities for Catholic young adult gatherings. Those are all the check, options. Check, 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 <laughs> check, Is yeah. there all of the above? On, is that another box? But it is very interesting that three, well, uh, two came up. Um, both of these are about 70%. Number one, more community events at the parish for everyone. Number two, more opportunities for Catholic young adult gatherings. So there's community again. Community again. It's very interesting. The next was more opportunities for adult faith formation, learning about the faith. And then the fourth would be more traditional liturgies. Those four stand out. The next one was we asked you, would you add anything to that list? And that one was very interesting. The number, it, it was, I thought it was interesting because it's already on here, more traditional liturgies. But above and beyond, people were putting things like Latin Mass, Ad Orientum, more traditional teachings and adoration. No comments about your preaching. <laughs> preaching, yeah. I got spared for the preaching, yeah. Um, we also had uh, uh, 
a good number saying more confession times, more sacramental things available, and then also retreats, Bible studies, things like that. So again, community and liturgy really shined out in that. The next question was, if the Catholic Church in our diocese could do more, what would you wish the church would focus on? And two things really stood out there. Um, again, we got lots of different answers. Um, but the number one thing, again, was intentional young adult activities and formation. Um, one of the things that, that kind of stood out to me was just like uh, young adults perhaps feel a little bit invisible in the parish um, view, perhaps. Um, and then the number two thing was just gatherings and community at the parish, that this is something that the, that the diocese could focus on more. Um, there are also lots of... Um, or, or quite a few saying about um, more Latin Mass, tradition te traditional teachings of the church, more contemporary gatherings. Um, so a good, a good kind of splattering in all of that. But again, those two stood out. More young adult activities and formation, more gatherings and community. And then finally, the last question that we asked you was, in your opinion, what can we as a church do to get more young people involved in the church? How can all of us do that together? And it was pretty much overwhelming. Almost everything focused on more community events. This one was almost universal, more community events. Sports church leagues, the joy of the Lord is contagious, um, being holy, being witness that other people can see that, that's community. Uh, retreats, feed them and they will come. Somebody said that. Um, more announcement about activities, presence of ministries at Mass, getting people to know about these communities, more events in the area. I mean, it goes on and on. More programs, more conferences than like this one. Thank you. Um, having more options for young adults, more young adults events. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what we looked at. So, any questions or comments that y'all have about this, uh, the results here? I really like the survey, the way it was worded. Just one, uh, one point I would make would be, you know, like Rosary Group was not a diocesan right. uh, uh, creation. It, it was spontaneous among us lay people. And we can ask for the diocese to do more. And, and if they do more, that's great. But really the onus is on us to, you know, mm -hmm. be bold. Be, this is our faith. If we believe it, we need to be mission focused, you know. And I think too many of us are fine with just going through Myself being the foremost, it's one of the things I wrestle with the most is not just evangelizing to others, but even among our own uh, churches to be more involved and more um, to, to, do, to make the change that we want to see. So not, not completely deflecting from the diocesan uh, point of view, but just we need to do more ourselves. I, th I, think, I think we can be more bold. Do the heights every month, right? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you laugh like, <laughs> good luck. I will say that uh, the bishop has been very supportive in our apostolate. And so I want to say that if you guys are willing to do that, and Sean, thanks for taking, uh, taking it on the back there and carrying it because it's the truth. And it's pretty heavy a lot of times. And so when you look somebody else in the eye and you tell them uh, that, hey, you want these things, now that you said it, are you going to do it? Uh, and, and that is the challenge. It really is. Uh, so thanks for speaking up. And just an observation for me in this diocese, been here six years, been in other, all different other dioceses in the United States. 
Midland is on fire. I mean, it's really, so, really hot. It's really hot it here. It is very hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, seminarians, priests, like, uh, this is this, the, the most on fire part of our diocese. And so if you think it's struggling here, you come to Rowena. <laughs> I mean, you come to other places, and it's, 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 it's tougher. It really is. So count your blessings. We can always improve and always make things grow. But, uh, and then if you ever are called somewhere else, start it somewhere else, too, because, um, yeah, we need, there's nothing young adult in other places that I've heard of in our diocese. And I think St. Lawrence has got some things going on that they're working on. Uh, yeah, yes. so. There's places trying, yeah. Yeah, so, so thanks for, for setting the path. I mean, really keep it going. Uh, I think we're just about wrapped up here, Father Kevin. Uh, <clears throat> this, this conference has been amazing. And this has been an awesome experience. And thank you guys for joining the panel and being with us, Father Kevin, for putting everything on. Uh, and I know you have a team of people and you will deflect. I get it. It's, yeah. So thank you, uh, team. Uh, but really, uh, you guys, I would just say, encourage you, like, continue the dialogue. Uh, don't ever let that, that stop. I love the rosary group. Uh, encourage other people to do it. I would also say, be sure to invite a lot of people to that sort of thing because invitation is one of the most important things that we can do because it's Jesus' Jesus's example to us. He invites us, right? So I think we're going to wrap it up. Well, I mean, we've identified the problem. Community. The best way is just start at your own. You know what you want. You've, you've voiced it very plainly. You want community. You want more events. Now what are you going to do about it? And, and I'm a practical kind of guy. So, like, before everybody leaves... Like, okay, this day, this every single month on the Wednesday or whatever it is, we're doing something. We're putting on the calendar. We don't know what it is yet, but it's on the calendar something. And everybody knows in this room that this day is the time we're doing something young adult. So in the meantime, be bold, be real, be Catholic. God, God bless. bless.